Welcome inside the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm John Ledyard, your host from FanRagSports.com. We got to talk about Steelers Pro Bowlers, uh, eight of them, more than any other team in the NFL. I like that fact, and I like the fact that at least seven of them are very well deserved. Um, ben Roethlisberger, you can argue about, I think, to a degree, just because he didn't play that well this season. But then you look around the rest of the AFC, and you realize why he got in there. I mean, the AFC is hurting at the quarterback spot, and so. I think it becomes a little more understandable to see him in there. Le'Veon Bell, again, I think that one's pretty obvious. Antonio Brown, pretty obvious. Everybody knew he would be there. DeCastro's having the best season of his career and probably playing as well as maybe any offensive lineman in the league. Um, I think Marquise Pouncey's had a great year. I know some people like to pick on him because PFF is never that high on him. But, um, yeah, I think Pouncey's a great center. I think that early in his career he was overrated, um, and I would have – I would have been a lot more critical of his selection to the pro as I was early in his career, but I really feel like I mean he. How many times do you see Pouncey beat in pass protection? It almost never happens, um, and that's really the name of the game. If you can protect, and then his ability to pull into space and release on screens and things like that, he's he's terrific in that way. Um, yeah, there's a times where power guys on the inside can can get off his blocks a little bit easier, but I still think getting out of the second level angles, physicality. I mean, he just he's their stud at the center position. He doesn't get. I don't think he gets enough respect in in the media, um, but this was good to see that he got uh, a Pro Bowl nod uh, for his play. Alejandro Villanueva. It's a great story. I have no idea how he got into the Pro Bowl. I mean, it is a it is a weak year for tackles in the AFC. I will say that. But how in the world does Villanueva get in over Mitchell Schwartz? I have no idea. Um, I don't know how. I mean, they just really favor left tackles. I don't even. It's so stupid because right tackles. Yeah, there's not as many good right tackles, but the ones who are good, they're going up against like the best pass rushers in the league. Joey Bosa mostly rushes from the left side. Justin Houston, Vaughn Miller, Brandon Graham. Um, I mean, you have so many good pass rushers on that side uh, that, that rush heavily from that side against right tackles. If you have a great right tackle, and that's why you know Gilbert's such a big deal for the Steelers, I just feel like it gives you a ton ton of advantages in an offense. I, I think Schwartz has been arguably the best tackle in the NFL this season with some of the other injuries that have that have occurred around the league. Um, definitely in the AFC. I don't know that I would take any tackle in the AFC over Mitchell Schwartz this season and what he's done. So that was a big snub to me, and I didn't think Villanueva should have gotten in, and I thought Donald Penn had a down year. But you, know, you do start to run out of options in the AFC at tackle. Not not the problem in the NFC. but um, So I guess I get it from that perspective, but it wouldn't have been what I would have done. Shazier was having an incredible season. Uh, so, yeah, no surprise to see him there either. Um, he, he's the, Cam Hayward should have been in the Pro Bowl, but, um, obviously wasn't. And then Chris Boswell is in there. So I would have still picked eight Steelers. I would just would have picked Hayward, uh, over Villanueva. Um, so I thought the right number got in just, uh, Hayward gets robbed because he's listed with defensive ends when you go about the voting process and, and, you know, the process of selecting these guys and he's not going to put like, what, who are you going to take? Are you going to take Joey Bosa or Cam Hayward? Are you going to take Calais Campbell and his I have I have him at 17 sacks for the CSP because he's a bunch of half sacks. I count those like like Pro Football Focus says. I count those as full sacks. So are you going to take a guy with 17 sacks? Are you going to take Khalil Mack or are you going to take Cam Hayward? You know, no nobody's going to vote for Hayward in those situations. Now, interior defensive lineman, are you going to take Jarrell Casey or Cam Hayward? Are you going to take Malik Jackson or Cam Hayward? Maybe Geno Atkins gets over him, but that's it. I mean, he has been. That's what he should be in that group, and he's been far better than Casey and definitely as good, if not better, than Jackson. I think he's even better all around than Jackson. Ten sacks a season? You know, 
Hayward should be in the Pro Bowl. It's an atrocity that he isn't, and it's just due to the way they set up the voting. It's not because people don't think he's good. Um, it's not because he gets overlooked. It's just that there's no way he's going to get in over Bosa and Kalias Campbell this season and Khalil Mack. That's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's a part of the process they're going to have to really look at, and, and I don't know how in the world they haven't fixed it at this point uh, because it, it really is ridiculous. But it's a bummer that he didn't get in because he's played at that level. And Hayward's always good every single year, but the production is really what leans people toward the Pro Bowl. And it's going to be hard to produce like this uh, and get in another year. So, you know, I know it's not going to, you know, he's not going to belabor the point and cry about it, but it is wrong that the league hasn't changed the way of the voting so that it can accommodate players like that who are very deserving, but simply put in the wrong position group. He's not he's not a defensive end like those guys. He's not rushing off the edge, getting those one on one opportunities, you know, out on out on the perimeter. So it's just a very different game for pass rushers on the inside where there's much easier to help and much smaller spaces to get through. Um, that's why the numbers are always down for those guys compared to edge guys. Um I thought that those there were some good things um, from the Steelers all 22 tape that I know we didn't get to a whole lot. Uh, it feels weird to kind of go back now to, to the, um, to the Patriots game when we're looking ahead to the Texans and it's Thursday. And, you know, obviously there's a lot to focus on with that Steelers Texans matchup, but I have a hard time <laughs> setting up a, a, a way for this to kind of go down in favor of the Texans in my mind. Uh, and I know I shouldn't say that because, We've seen it happen before, but I, I do hearken back to this game, and I know I probably have some listeners that remember this game. I was I was a young this was two thousand two, so I was twelve years old when this game went down. I would have been thirteen in a couple months. Um, so, but I remember this game. I remember listening to it on the radio. We didn't have cable at this point. I think we, or we just were getting it one or the other. I can't remember. Um, and I remember listening to this game on the radio, and it was twenty four to six was the final score in favor of the Texans. Texans were four and nine, and this well came into the game uh, three and nine, and the Steelers came into the game seven and four, seven four and one, and the Texans won because the Steelers had one of the most mistake-prone Steeler games ever. They Texans did not score an offensive touchdown. They had only one offensive field goal. They had three defensive touchdowns. Aaron Glenn returned two interceptions for touchdowns. Kenny Wright had a fumble return for a touchdown. They took a 14-0 lead. It was 14-6 in the third quarter after Jeff Reed kicked a field goal. And then another field goal for the Texans and another interception return for the Texans. Um, 24 to six was the final they had, uh, they scored those final 10 points, I think in the last, uh, three and a half minutes of the game. Um, so it was just one of those games for the Steelers. I, I looked at the yardage totals because I, I couldn't remember. I knew it was overwhelming. This is not a joke. The Texans rushed 26 times for 37 yards. David Carr was three of 10 passing for 33 yards. They had 10 net yards passing when you took away the sacks. 47 total yards of offense. The Steelers had 422 total yards of offense. But they turned the ball over five times and gave up six sacks. And that was how they lost the game. I don't know that I've ever seen an NFL game go like that before. Steelers had 128 yards rushing and 326 yards passing. And they lost by 18 points. I don't think I've ever seen it. A three-score loss when you outgain a team 422 to 47. And I remembered this game because I thought, if the Steelers are going to lose to the Texans, this is probably what the box score will look like. Beating themselves completely. 
a a one game out of a thousand type. Uh, but the Steelers are still all these years later very capable of something like that, terrifyingly so. Um, do I think it happens? No, but man, they've played down to some bad teams this year. But the Texans are. The Texans are in complete carnage. If you listen to yesterday's episode, had Robert Land, Brian Patterson on, and they talked about the Texans and where their season's gone and the offensive line being in shambles and the tackles that they expected to start the year, Derek Newton and um, Dwayne Brown. Brown now with Seattle. Newton never uh, got healthy this season. Um, Chris Clark, who was their third tackle, he's on injured reserve. So they're down to uh, – when you're, when you're in the NFL and you're down to th- you know, tackles that – are not any of your top three. Uh, we've seen how that gone in a couple spots this season, including in Green Bay. That is not a good thing at all. So that's the situation right now for the Texans. They're starting a very raw rookie in Julian Davenport and Brino Giacomini, who Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report's Ethan Young just recently ranked as the worst offensive tackle in the NFL this season. Also, Xavier Suifilo, their left guard, Ethan Young from Bleacher Report, also ranked Xavier Suifilo as I think he was the worst. He was either the worst or the second worst guard in the NFL this season. Jeff Allen's been not been much better since he came over from Kansas City. Now Nick Martin, who was their best offensive lineman, still not having a great year, um, who was their best offensive lineman, is now he is headed to injured reserve, and Greg Mance steps in as the center. Uh, Mance has played okay in the past. Uh, couldn't crack the lineup this year, though. Um, this is... Right now, I would say this is the worst offensive line in the NFL. If the Steel, if they have success against the Steelers on the ground, the Steelers are going to be in huge trouble. Huge trouble because Jacksonville is going to run it better. Just about everybody they face could potentially face in the playoffs will run it better. Um, and, and the run defense has been bad against teams who haven't been great running the football. Cincinnati comes to mind a couple weeks ago. So this is a huge test for the Steelers on that front. They have to be able to shut down the run. Uh, and, and the Texans are in, in an ill position to be able to improve on that because teams are going to load the box. You're not afraid of TJ Yates. Um, so teams will load the box against the Texans. They'll force Yates to throw the ball uh, down the field. Um, I, I don't know that Lamar Miller is, is one of the worst backs in the league after contact. So hit him early. I don't think he's a guy that's even going to break tackles, which is somebody, you know, typically that's what gets the Steelers defense reeling a bit. So I just can't, I can't see a path, man. I, DeAndre Hopkins is amazing. He's a top five wide receiver in the NFL, but how does he get the ball enough to make an impact in this game? If the Steelers take him away, what? don't let Will Fuller get deep. Take away DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, even if you don't take him away, what's, is TJ Yates going to stand on his head and carve up the secondary? I mean, we've seen some bad quarterbacks do it. Not going to put it past them, but I just think at the end of the day, man, you look at this Texans group and you say, this is such a beleaguered team right now, and they lose – DJ Reader and uh, Whitney Merciless, JJ Watt, all of they've lost on the defensive front. You know, to me, three of their probably four best players on that defense uh, outside of Jadavian Clowney. You obviously have to worry about and contain Clowney to a degree, uh, but at the same time, you know this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot going for them right now. And um, you know they they can stop the run a little bit, but the, the pass has shredded them this season. I think they have the, the I think they're the last ranked defense in the NFL, and you know just about there against the pass as well. The safety plays bad. Um, Kevin Johnson has been underwhelming. Jonathan Joseph, the wheels are starting to come off for him as he gets up there in age. And even without Antonio Brown, man, the, these next two matchups are matches made in heaven right now for the Steelers. Finish out your season. You'll get to thirteen and three. Um, get to the playoffs, get your bye. That's so important now. They cannot have a letdown game. 
which I think they will to a degree. I just don't, I don't look at the Texans and see any way that they can really take advantage of that um, in their current state. So I think the Steelers can't have that game where they beat themselves, uh, you know, completely because this is, they have to win. They have to get that by. I don't think the Jaguars are going to win again. The rest of, or they're going to lose again uh, the rest of the regular season. So it just becomes really important for the Steelers get to that by, you know, get, get Antonio Brown an extra week of rest um, and then you're you're at full strength, hopefully or close to full strength. Um, you know, if no barring no more injuries, uh, by the time that uh, that um, the the playoffs are, or you have to play in the playoffs, which is, so I think that I think that that just becomes really crucial uh, for the Steelers right now. So Texans defense is reeling. The Texans offense is just so banged up. I can't see them being able to establish the run and take pressure off TJ Yates. And on top of that, Ben Roethlisberger's played well against the Texans in the past. Six touchdowns, one interception in his career against Houston. Um, uh, Le'Veon Bell's barely faced them. But I think this is the type of game he can have success on the ground. Um, the Steelers would do wise not to get conservative with their offense, I think, because the Texans have been so bad um, against uh, the pass this season. And if you can control Clowney as a pass rusher, uh, which is really the key to this entire game, you know, control Clowney. They don't have another guy who can even come close to influencing uh, things from a pass rush perspective. I mean, not not even a little bit on this team. So that becomes a big issue for Houston. If Clowney shut down, if you're chipping him constantly or whatever it might be, um, they're not able to move him around and get him matchups because, like they used to because they don't have any other threats uh, to worry about. So defenses can, can occupy him a little bit easier. So it's just hard. It's hard for me to come up with a way that the Steelers you know, don't get this thing done. Uh, I just think that this is a... This is a talent level mismatch that I don't know that Houston can make up. Um, and you know me, I'm very cautious when it comes to Steelers games. I just, and I don't think the Steelers will come out of this game and blow them away right away, although they should talent wise. You know, there's no question. They should leave no doubt in this one. It should be a 20 something point victory at the very least. Uh, but that's not how the Steelers roll. I'm sure their offense will sputter a little bit early on like they usually do. But what they do, they just, they, they cannot, they cannot afford to give the Texans balance on offense or big plays on offense. You can't let them establish the run and get comfortable and you can't give up big plays and blow coverages though. That's, that's the beating yourself stuff we talk about. So penalties, blown coverages, turnovers, those are the ways that the Texans and any team in the NFL uh, can compete with you if you do those things to yourself. And so the balls in the Steelers court on that end of things. And uh, we'll see obviously how, uh, they carry it out uh, this week and, and even next week. It's going to be really similar story. That's why I kind of feel bad. I, I know you guys want you know big game previews and everything, but I mean, look at the Texans. Look at the Browns. Not only are they beaten up and they're missing players, key players, but you know neither team is even close to good. What do they have to play for at this point? Both quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks for both teams are playing like replacement level, you know, third string uh, quarter. I just think that that's a big part of this game and, and seeing if the Steelers can bounce back from a disappointing, demoralizing loss uh, to the Patriots, seeing if they can bounce back um, and get back to the form that they once were at, uh, or even the form that they played at against New England, you know, because they did, they played well, um, and not lose any traction, not lose any focus from that. Uh, I think that there's been so much media focus on it. You just hope the players can remove themselves from it and 
play sharp in this game against the Texans. That's been a concern in the past, a legitimate concern. I think the Steelers are going to have to answer that moving forward. Uh, we don't want to look at playoff scenarios just yet, uh, heavily anyway, because there are a lot of different scenarios that could play out. Um, but, you know, hypothetically, let's say that the Steelers win out and, and Jacksonville wins out and, you know, Jaguars play, you know, have that third seed and uh, play Sandy or the Chargers, or it could be another team. I mean, it, Anybody could be in that spot, the Bills, whatever. Um, it might be the Ravens. Um, you know, let's say Jacksonville wins. That's going to be the matchup everybody's talking about. And I think Jacksonville is going to have a good chance of winning. They're a much better team than anybody else that they could face, um, in my opinion, in the first round of the playoffs. So you, know, you never know when that Bortles moment might come. But other than that, I, I don't know how that they, they're going to be in a disadvantage against most of the teams that they can face. Um, so... That's the matchup I know that we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because the Steelers need to lock up these last couple games, but that that's the matchup I think that needs to be really closely examined as we get closer and closer is what kind of health is Jacksonville in and how do the Steelers match up against them better this time around. And we'll have to also revisit the tape probably of the last time uh, the two teams met as well because uh, there was a lot going on there uh, too uh, with, with the Steelers, and I thought that the Steelers – really played a better game than the final score indicated. I think it was like 30 to nine was the final score. Uh, but I didn't think the game really went down uh, that way completely. So, you know, the turnovers changed things and the Steelers not being able to finish in the red zone uh, changed some things as well. So, uh, lots to talk about and, and to get into from that perspective. Bowl season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when asked for a payout? Sign up at mybookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. You can even deposit using Bitcoin. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the bowl games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting on all this season's NFL and bowl games. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use that promo code locked on. No spaces, no caps. Locked on is the promo code to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at mybookie. Make sure you guys check that out uh, because mybookie always does have really great offers this time of year. And if you're interested, Trevor and I talk about a lot, a lot of NFL draft stuff over on the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I know a lot of you guys listen to both. We are getting in that time of year, and even though the Steelers have a lot of postseason left to play, we are still always talking about the draft, and it's always good to have a year to the ground. Think about this, the, the needs the Steelers might have. We'll be talking about those in the coming weeks, uh, as well as how rookies around the league have played this year. And uh, that may interest a lot of you guys, because I know there are a lot of draft fans that listen to the show. And we also have a special announcement from Draft.com. Fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes, and they last for just one week you can join one right now for week 16 the best part you play for cold hard cash and get this your chances of winning are 80 percent better 80 percent better than on the salary cap sites all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit but you have to use the promo code l-o-n-f-l that's right play a real money game for free just by using the promo code l-o-n-f-l and it gets even better draft is so sure you'll love it they're even offering locked on Steelers listeners a money back guarantee up to $100. Just 
Search Draft in your app store or go to draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code LONFL. I'll have a league up and running uh, this week, folks, uh, so you guys can check that out because it is really good stuff um, from uh, from uh, draft.com or you search Draft in your app store, you can download that. But it's been fun. We've played the last couple of weeks. I uh, had a couple of people in the leagues, um, and I haven't won anything, and so you get to take my money uh for sure. So uh, that's a nice, you know, knowing going in that your chances of winning just went up and we usually only play with four person leagues. So you've got a pretty good chance of winning. And like I said, 80% chance than a lot of those other sites. So uh, really check out draft.com and, and play and consider signing up for that. And you can play free uh, with that promo code L O N F L. So good opportunities for you guys to have some fun uh, football season, both on my bookie with the betting side of things and draft on the fantasy football side of things, both opportunities to win some money. Who doesn't like that? We'll be back on Locked On Steelers early next week. We've got to talk about the Steelers-Texans matchup, how things went down. Keep your fingers crossed. Steelers got to stay healthy. They dodged a bull with Antonio Brown. If he's back for the playoffs, we could see all their big guns out on the field. They have to stay healthy. That's the key. Can't lose many more players because when they do, I don't think the Steelers' depth at a lot of spots, linebacker, cornerback, it's a little shaky there. And Joe Hayden's going to be back in action, which will be good to see as well. Hopefully he'll get some matchups against DeAndre Hopkins so that we don't have to watch Artie Burns um, get uh, shredded during the game. No, I'm just kidding. Burns could play. Burns could play well. He's played a little bit better lately, so we'll see. As always, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Steelers. You keep it locked right here.